What's going on, everybody? Zach Rosenblatt here with Mike K, the latest episode of the No Huddle Show, free agency edition. A lot has happened. A lot of other teams have spent a lot of money, and one and that does not include the Eagles, who have somehow, you know, circumvented the salary cap as always. Because Howie Roseman is just truly a wizard. It, it amazes me every year. You know, he is a guy that can he just has foresight right so he is one of the few gms in the league it seems that has foresight beyond just oh yeah this guy could be cut in two years he really thinks this through when he extends guys when he reworks contracts it's just one of those things that i think he does better than anybody else and really he's become very good at it in the second time around you know the first time around that that year off was huge yeah yeah the year off was huge you look at some of the deals that he made kind of in that first run there were some good deals and there were some good trades but this i mean this he's putting on a clinic with how to work contracts how to work trades how to sign free agents in general I i just think he's a really smart gm this second time around that said you know, there's plenty of room to criticize that first time around. Um, I mean, he hasn't been perfect since then either. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm but, not, he, I'm, but he just had, he like he just his thought process is so much different than everybody else's. Yeah, and I I think to be a successful general manager in the NFL, you have to come at things outside the box because every single time the box gets filled with these good ideas, there's issues. That, that sprout up. Everything changes. This game evolves. This is th- that's what I like about the NFL. It's not like the NBA or the MLB, where even though there's some rules, or even actually, it's there's looser rules. Guys get traded all the time. To to truly win a trade in the NFL, you have to be creative. You know, I at at the combine, I asked Howie Roseman. You know, because they, they had a bunch of guys who were, were going to get into one of them who are considering retirement. And so I asked them, like, so how do you plan for that? Like, how do you go into an offseason? If a guy hasn't told you yet if he's coming back or not, how do you plan around that? And it, his answer wasn't necessarily directly tied to retirement. He was just always like, we're, we're always thinking a few steps ahead. We're always looking ahead to 2020 and 2021. Like, and... You can just see that with the way he goes about his moves, the way he signs, the contracts he signs, you know, the way they're structured, you know, it either is a low cap hit now and they deal with it later and they kick the bucket down the road and they just always find a way around it or, or you make it so it's, it's more expensive now and it's cheaper later. So you have some money saved and you can just tell, I mean, a lot of it, you can tell they're planning around the eventual Carson Wentz extension. That's certainly coming. Not this year. I think it's pretty clear that's not going to happen this year. Um, But I mean, these contracts, I mean, we, we were recording before, and we had to stop because uh, we, we saw on Twitter that uh, Jordan Hicks just signed with the Arizona Cardinals for four years. Monster deal. $38 million total, I think. Almost, an average of pretty much like $9 million per year. We don't know like the year-to-year details, but that's a massive contract. The Eagles don't invest in linebackers, especially ones that are injury-prone. All respect to Jordan Hicks. He was good when he was healthy. But... Like that, it's really just bad business giving that kind of contracts out. We're seeing the contracts that were given to like CJ Mosley and Landon Collins. These are positions the Eagles don't spend a lot of money on. They got Malcolm. Think about it, they got Malcolm Jenkins. That was when Chip Kelly was still here, but they got him on a relatively cheap deal. He he was kind of on the downswing. People weren't that high in him. You know, Rodney McLeod. Rodney McLeod. They gave a decent amount of money, but like he's young, and like you know he has a, the potential to like become a part of the defense. Like those those are the guys how he invests in. Uh, he doesn't he doesn't overspend on guys like Trent Brown. He doesn't overspend on guys that don't deserve the money he he sees how the market's working and you can just tell that he bases this on value more than anything yeah and and there are certain positions that you value and he he takes it from a like it's weird he's very old school and he's also very new school 
new school, the mindset, Bill Polian actually kind of was big on this, is you don't play linebackers, you don't really play running backs. He did it once with Edger and James, but like outside of that, you're not really investing in these guys because the positions are kind of replaceable. Yeah. I mean, even it, wide receiver now. Right. I mean, a good middle linebacker is a really good asset to have. CJ Mosley's a really, really good player. Well, but, you can survive without it also. Right. I mean, most really good linebackers just are good against the run. You know what yeah. I mean? And so when, when you're weighing it, how big of a passing league this is, it's tough to invest in a middle linebacker. It's tough to invest in a strong safety unless you're the Redskins. That's that's what you're seeing happen, and it's like, yeah, you want to pay these great players, but also realize the value of their position. That's what I think is happening with Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell wants crazy money, and I'm sure he'll sign by the time the podcast even starts. But for a lot of teams in the league, I don't think he's got a huge market because you don't want to pay a running back like that when you have a guy like Josh Jacobs who can just come out and pretty much ball. And you know, I mean, look, look at the Saints just signed uh, Latavius Murray for a cheap four-year deal, essentially saying we don't want to pay Mark Ingram, but he's probably going to demand on the open market. Um, Let's get into the Eagles' move, though. Let's let's talk about where they spent their money. What we can go in order. Uh, you know, the biggest one. You know, it kind of happened really fast. You know, there was a report that the Eagles were interested in Malik Jackson, and then before you knew it, he had signed to a three-year, thirty million dollar deal. We haven't seen like the year-to-year uh, average yet. I, th- I believe it's gonna be less than ten million dollars that first year, actually, which is huge. He's a upgrade from Timmy Jernigan, I think. If you, and. If you think about it, they essentially, you know, Jernigan, if he hadn't broken his back mysteriously, he wouldn't have been able to restructure his contract. They would have been stuck with him. So instead, you're saving around 3 to $5 million on a better player. Yeah. And I mean, you, you obviously know about Malik from Jacksonville, so tell us, like, what kind of player he is. Yeah, too. why does this keep happening? <laughs> I know, um, they're just going to keep doing this. The K, we call that the hashtag K-pipeline. Um, so Malik's an interesting player. He signed a record deal uh, coming from Denver in 2016. Um, and, you know, he saw three years of it. I mean, that's the pretty solid, you know, earnings for him and a solid free agent signing for Dave Caldwell. But what I like about Malik Jackson is you get a total package with him. You talk about leadership. He's that guy. He's outspoken. Fans are going to love him. But his play on the field speaks for itself. He can play three different positions. He can play, he, he, well, actually he can play four. He can play one technique, four technique, five technique. Uh, three technique. Any, but he, any technique, he can do it. Well, except for nine. <laughs> but yes, uh, he is a guy that can move around this defensive line. I think what I like about the marriage between him and, and Fletcher Cox is both of them demand double and triple teams at times. And so that means one of them is going to eat. I think Fletcher Cox could get 15 sacks this year be, just oh, because unreal, yeah. Malik Jackson is, is a guy that this team was missing. I mean, All they, due respect yeah. to Tim Jernigan, it, he's a massive pass rushing upgrade. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, just look at, you know, Tim Jernigan didn't play almost all season, and then it took him time to get reacclimated. So you look at the guys Fletcher Cox is playing next to next, last year. Haloti Nada, you know, Trayvon Hester, who we like, but he's a rotational guy at best. Uh, Bruce Hector, even like, I don't know if he started, but there was games where he played a lot. Like, I mean, they started the season with Destiny Vallejo as the starter. Like, like the, and Fletcher Cox still had 10 sacks and was, like, utterly dominant. He was second only to Aaron Donald in, in pressures. Like, if Aaron Donald doesn't exist, he's a defensive player of the year candidate. Like, and he's you're bringing in Malik Jackson. You know, Derek Barnett, it's going to be important for him to have a good year. You have Brandon Graham coming back. Uh, I mean, this almost 
is a bigger move for Fletcher Cox and even just like the Eagles as a whole, really. Like Fletcher Cox comes out of this feeling the best. Well, and I think too, you look at last year, we would sit in the press box and Fletcher Cox would go out for a couple of minutes with like a foot injury or whatever. Well, that, they didn't have that Saints game. Right. They didn't have a guy to replace him. Malik Jackson can replace him. He can he, step in. Yeah. He can step in. He can give you that pass rush. Interior pass rush to me is the most important thing in the NFL right now outside of a really good quarterback because if quarterback can't step up in the pocket, you're done. So it, having Malik out there, Malik can also play um, strong side defensive end, which is helpful. He can do a little bit of what Mike Bennett does. He's a kind of a hybrid body. Um, so I think that that made a lot of sense. I think he is a good replacement for Tim Jernigan. I also think if they want to utilize his versatility, he could be very good replacing Michael Bennett. That said, though, they are not done at defensive tackle. They cannot be. Trayvon, Trayvon Hester, you and I are both, over, you know, very complimentary. He's a good third, fourth guy. Yeah, he's a good third or fourth guy. They need to draft a guy in the first two ra- first two rounds. Yeah, I mean they They're, really this do. This is a good defensive line. I think that was always their plan. I think the plan was always to get a veteran guy in there. I think Jackson's a little better than I thought they were going to get. Honestly, yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I thought they would should target him, but you know, a lot of times you don't see him actually target the guys you think. But uh, all right, the next one was. Actually, no, we'll, we'll go a little more low-key because I think in terms of the timeline, this came first. So Jason Peters mm-hmm. is came, signed a one-year contract. He agreed to a pay cut, which we both thought he wouldn't. A pretty decent size pay cut. He was due to make 13 mil this year. The he, he's the new contract is one-year $10 million, only five and a half of it guaranteed. I believe his cap hit's going to be something like $8 million or something this year, so they're saving a couple mil. Like that, That's pretty much best-case scenario for how this could have played out because I thought it was going to come down to them being like, hey, if you don't take a pay cut, we have to move on. They were able to work it out. There weren't any better left tackles than him on the market. That's just the reality. And Trent Brown made a ridiculous amount of money that he did not deserve. He's fine left tackle, but he's not a $66 million over how, how many years it was. Sorry. The Raiders I, just have that, that I, cash. I know we're trying not to breathe a lot, but that was worth <laughs> a, an exhale right there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think this makes a lot of sense. I mean, he he's a mid-level left tackle at this point in his career. He's getting paid mid-level left tackle money, and it kind of puts a finite end to his career. You know, this is yeah, his this is last song. one. This yeah. is it. Like, you know... Even if he doesn't want to admit it. Like. Right. And this is where you have to invest in that heir apparent. You have yeah, to. Yeah. Or, I mean, this also allows you another year to figure out if Mylotta can be that guy, but you have to bring in someone else to compete with him anyway. I'm going to say bull hockey to that. You cannot... Go into this offseason. Oh, no, I'm not saying he should no, be your only one, right. but you can find out now. Like, you get another year to develop him. Well, I think he's very promising. I'm kind of sick of hearing about George. Yeah, oh, I, I agree. He's it, a seventh-round pick. Yeah, so he never, never played. played. Like, yeah, so, like, he's tantalizing, but, like, relax. Like, if he becomes something, then that was the best-case scenario. He's your ninth if offensive If he line. ever starts a game, that's the that then you could be ecstatic about that draft. Pick. Right, right, exactly. He's your ninth but, offensive line. But now they're going to find out more over the next year whether he is that guy. I remember when people were obsessed over Daryl Vitae is not that guy, by yeah, the way. Yeah, but I remember when people were obsessed about yeah, Daryl yeah. Green and he barely, you know, Josh Andrews had a lot of positive buzz as a future starting guard and center. It didn't work out. Yeah. Offensive linemen are very weird. That said, I'm wondering with the moves they've made this offseason, do you like the kid from Alabama State, Titus? Yeah, Titus Howard. Titus Howard. Like, do you? He has a Peter's S background. He, he was a quarterback and tight end in high school, bulked up in college. You he, know didn't, who, he didn't test that well at the combine, but they, the Eagles used one of their visits on him already. You know who also has a similar background to yeah, that? Lane, Lane Johnson. Johnson. He was a quarterback, so, yeah. Right. And those, are, those are the kind of guys, if you can get him in the fourth round. I think he's going to go day two. But, yeah, I, I mean, just the buzz. I mean, the way he's he's he tested him, that's why the only reason why I'm not sure he had pretty bad he, numbers. But I mean, well, when you are when you have one of those visits, it's typically, yeah, you're, you know. That's a good sign that you're uh, Yeah. Um, that but. said, 
you look at somebody like Yadni Kajust, who was a terrible oh. interview <laughs> at the Combine, but he's interesting to I'm me. I'm actually not convinced they're going to use a day one or two pick on a I'm not tackle. E- I'm not either, but... i not I, saying they should or shouldn't, but... Right. I'm not either. I just think, like, you really... It's time. It, it's time. Oh, yeah. Like, there's no question. Um, but, by the way, the funny thing... Like, I don't know if you saw the picture the Eagles tweeted of Peter signing. He, like, did not look happy that they are taking a picture of him. <laughs> he's not... I think somebody tweeted, like, he's probably not the guy that you take a picture of signing a contract where he's kind of losing money. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and he's the only... He's kind of, like, the only guy that is only happy looking when they win games. <laughs> Uh, what did you just see the John Brown deal? No, that Anthony Barr reneged on his uh, Jets commitments. What? <laughs> anyway, congrats Frank, on the clicks, Frank, Jets Frank, guys. Frank Gore type stuff right there. Oh All right. man. All right, let, let's get into the big move that everybody was the most hyped on, though. Oh, you mean Nate Sudfeld getting better <laughs> the second round? <laughs> nice, solid joke, solid joke. Yeah, <laughs> I know Sudfeld's your. Boy. I was gonna go uh, with Wisniewski first, but then my brain just. <laughs> All right, well the Eagles are bringing back Deshaun Jackson. DJ. Um, this was kind of like just an idea that we've all floated out since the it was like rumored that he didn't want to leave. Like, I don't know if any of us ever actually thought it would happen. Like it's kind of crazy that it did, and the way it did, they wound up trading for him. Like there's he's pretty much was updating throughout the day on Instagram. People thought he was released. They traded a sixth round pick for him and also got back a seventh round pick next year. It's Jason Light. I don't know yeah, why he is he's terrible. He's but, the uh, worst. Yeah. I mean, no, actually that's not tra- true. I mean, you you and I both agreed you know, uh, over the last day or so that the Eagles within the first couple hours of free agency filled their two biggest needs, which were deep threat and defensive tackle. Mm-hmm. And Deshaun Jackson for you know he's 31, sure, but he averaged 18 yards a catch last year. Which uh, a 32? Mm-hmm. He he averaged 18 yards a catch last year, which is the best in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Like he's not. Maybe he's not a Pro Bowl wide receiver anymore, but he's you know he's a clear upgrade over Torrey Smith, over Mike Wallace, and Jordan Matthews almost was like an outside receiver for them last year. So he's a pretty clear upgrade over them. He's a you know defenses have to account for him. You know you saw some funny tweets from like Zach Ertz and Carson Wentz was like I'm all right here's what's gonna happen I'm you're gonna run straight ahead and I'm gonna turn to throw the ball as far as I can. Got it? Good. And 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 Zach Ertz tweeted something funny about like how it's just gonna open up the field for him too. It's like these guys are that that's the biggest thing. And you know as, as of recording this podcast they still have gotten a running back that's the one hole but outside of that you know their their offensive line start their offensive starters have no holes in the lineup right now as long as yeah yeah no i i agree um so (laughs) as of right now so what i'll say about deshaun jackson is people are going to talk about the stats people are going to say he's a one-trick pony well that one trick is very good and it's a trick they haven't had right so he he'll run a nine or, or or if you want to call it go route and he'll take the top off the defense. Safety coverage will have to be dictated towards him. That, in turn, will give Alshon Jeffrey one-on-one matchups. It'll allow Zach Ertz to run free uh, with underneath routes. Same with Dallas Goddard. If Deshaun Jackson has three plays of 18 yards a game and opens up the field for everybody else, he is well worth the money that he is getting. It's a reported three-year, $27 well, million you, dollar contract. You remember your first game you covered for us was uh, the one where he single-handedly beat the Eagles and Nick Falls. Yeah, I mean... In Tampa Bay. He had like two 50-yard touchdowns. So I, I, I wanted to kind of tell you, because you brought it up about like how everybody kind of like wished this into the reality yeah. uh, or spoke it into LeVar reality. Ball-esque stuff here. Right. 
this is kind of like you remember when the Blair Witch Project came out and everybody's like, well, is it real or is it not? Is uh, it, you know, oh, like the movie itself. Yeah, yeah, the movie itself. Because of the way they filmed it. Yeah. And that's what the Deshaun Jackson thing was for several years, and now they've just made this like yeah, the actual. Yeah, because it has been like because when he was a free agent, there was talk of him coming back here too. Right, we've heard about him coming back since, since he, he left. left. Yeah, yeah, I mean, since Chip Kelly was fired. At least. Yeah, I mean, so it's one of those things. I'm waiting for them to trade for Lashawn McCoy in a minute, but uh, like it, this is they'll they'll trade like a travel thermos for him but again i think um he's an interesting fit because if you look john brown who was the guy to us that made a lot of sense at wide receiver the ravens wide receiver just signed an identical contract uh, by the way deshaun restructured his contract and now it's three years uh, 27 27 Um, and I think the cap hit also will be like less than nine million in the first year. Right, he was set to make ten million on the last year of a three-year deal, and it probably it probably will amount to like a two-year deal in reality. Probably, and I think you know he gets thirteen million in guaranteed money. So yeah, two two years it makes sense. Um, I think it's a great move. Yeah, I I really don't see any problems with it. Obviously, he left kind of unceremoniously the last time but it's very clear that Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie think the world of him because he wouldn't be back if that was I think he's matured quite a bit is my impression from afar yeah and and you look at the numbers the last two years it was a forgettable two-year stint in Tampa Bay but look at the turmoil at the quarterback position Fitzpatrick and uh Jameis Winston switch places like you correct me during podcasts I mean it's really like it was like a rapid (laughs) thing he he hasn't caught you know, with the Redskins, it was Kirk Cousins. Like, he hasn't caught from with anybody like Carson Wentz since... Well, and Kirk Cousins doesn't since throw down, down Since Donovan McNabb. Like, he hasn't caught balls from anybody like that in a while. Right, and I think... Or Nick Foles, I should say. And I spoke to a league source that told me that before he was traded, he if he was available, he wanted to go to a contender because... He, he knows this is the twilight of his career. He wants to become this, you know, he wants to win. He saw the Eagles win a Super Bowl. He wants to go do that. The other things that appealed to to Deshaun Jackson were the familiarity, how he's here. Doug was the quarterback's coach when he was still here. Um, there, are guys, got, there are guys here, Fletcher yeah. Cox, Brandon Graham. Deuce Staley Zachers, was the running back's coach when Zachers, he was here. Yeah. There, there, are guys that he, lineman, yeah. there are guys that he knows. And then on top of that, you have Carson Wentz. So, you know, all the reports that come out about him and being a bad teammate and all this other guys want to play for him and play with him because, look, he's going to throw the ball down the field. He's one of the most physically talented quarterbacks in the league. I think Deshaun's this he'll be the best talent that Deshaun has played with at the quarterback position, in my opinion. This might, have been, this might have been the best fit from Deshaun's perspective, too, honestly, because yeah. he doesn't have to be, like, a team's number one receiver on the Eagles. And he knows he's not. He, yeah. I mean, you know, but now he doesn't have to compete for catches with guys like Adam Humphreys and, and Mike Evans yeah. and all these other guys. The Eagles spread the ball around. He'll get his, he'll get all the deep balls, yeah. Well, and I, I think that he knows that Doug Peterson's creative enough that he can create opportunities for him, even if Nelson Aguilar stays. So, um which that'll be a situation worth monitoring. I want to talk about the Stefan Wisniewski yep. uh, option thing. So that kind of coincided with Nate Sudfeld reportedly getting the second round tender. They were literally taking the $3 million they saved and, from Stefan Wisniewski. And allocating it there, yeah. Yeah, to Nate we can, Sudfeld. We can talk about those in tandem, too. Yeah, which we will because I don't think they need to be talked about yeah. that much. Wisniewski, you know, he's a... 
backup interior offensive lineman at this point. Well, you know. like I like I said in uh, the story I wrote about him. Yeah, Cole Beasley signed with the Bills. <laughs> I had the same reaction. I laughed. Uh, yeah. But uh, so Cole Beasley and John Brown one and two. Good good call, guys. <laughs> anyway, but uh, you lose out on Antonio. You got the the minute Stefan Wisniewski took it, aired out his grievances on social media and in the, in the media, he was done here. Like that's just yeah. the reality. You don't you don't do that on this team. But they they don't. He he was a well liked guy in the locker room. I think he was a strange guy, you know. But not, you always I, bring that up. I how do. strange he like, is, dude. Like in, the, he would stare straight at his locker when the media would talk to him. He wouldn't look at anybody. It was the weirdest yeah. thing. Anyway, I mean, he was he was pretty good for them. You know, he they signed him to be a backup pretty much, mm-hmm. and he became the starter when Sam Ollie struggled in 2017. He was a solid left guard for them on the Super Bowl run. He wasn't very good this last year, so he lost his job to Sayamalo. He complained about it. Sayamalo outplayed him the rest of the way. They gave, they pretty much drew a line in the sand. We're like, all right, we're going to keep Sayamalo around here for a while. And then it became pretty clear that they were going to save the $3 million they needed to by getting rid of him. Uh, I thought maybe they, they probably did shop him around a little bit. Maybe there wasn't enough interest to actually like, do a trade. But... Can, they, can I give you a point on, on that contract that he initially yeah, yeah, signed? Yeah. Um, so I actually broke that uh, when I was still uh, covering the Jaguars because he had cover, he played for the Jaguars as well. He signed here for a one-year deal, but when they re-signed him, they re-signed him as insurance because Kelsey came off that bad year and he could potentially yeah. be the, the center. Uh, it worked out where he won the left guard job over Sam Alu at some point during the Super Bowl run season and he's a guy that they thought could be really good Kelsey insurance which in turn he did become very good Kelsey insurance Kelsey just blossomed into this great player again and once he recovered from injuries and I think it was a smart signing at the time I think if you look at his history his three-year history in Philadelphia that's got to be looked at as a real win for this franchise yeah and I will say they do need to I don't. You don't need to spend a lot of money, but you need to bring in an interior offensive lineman now because the only I know they're high on Matt Pryor, but he had, he was a sixth round pick who didn't play. He was inactive most of the year last mm-hmm. year, all besides like one game or something. But they, I think they need to either sign a veteran or draft a rookie that they're confident can like compete for playing time. Maybe both. I think you, unless you bring back your, your, their boy Chance Warmack again, I don't know. Right. I mean, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? I mean, I think they should sign somebody like a guy like Josh Allen, who uh, played in Kansas City when Doug Peterson was there. Jeff Allen. Jeff Allen. Yeah. Sorry, did I say Josh Allen? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> oh man, it's that's no, all good. It's the baby. Anyway, uh, baby. but but yeah, so. Uh, Jeff Allen makes a lot of sense to me. I, he can play center. He can play left guard. He can play right guard. He's been with the Texans. Um, he's a guy that makes a lot of sense, I think. You look at the tackle depth. Jeremy Parnell, who was cut by the Jaguars, I think he could be a pretty decent swing tackle. He worked with uh, Lane Johnson and Duke Mer- Manyweather uh, last offseason. Kind of always does. Um, and then you look at the draft. I talked to Bobby Evans from Oklahoma who said that Lane Johnson as a freshman taught him how some some technique stuff. So he's another guy to kind of watch. Yeah. I mean, you can get a good offensive lineman. I mean, in the fifth round, fourth round, if you mm-hmm. need, like if you're just looking for a reserve, especially interior. That's kind of the range where the interior guys tend to go. Um, and let's talk about the... Nate Sudfeld is last one. It's a, I mean, there's not really that much. I mean, they're probably still going to sign a veteran to compete with him. That's what I've been told. But it, them giving him the second-round tender is a pretty clear sign. They at least intend to bring him back into the fold, which isn't, you know, that surprising. But the fact that it was second-round tender, you know, we, we – we started off thinking that, and then I, as it got closer, and you know, we started, you know, you reported that he, they wanted a veteran. I thought maybe they would just do the original round one, but this way they don't have to risk losing him for nothing, pretty much, I guess. Well, and I think a repercussion of that is if you're a 
free agent quarterback who is like high level backup, you realize, wow, this dude's making three million. Uh, maybe I shouldn't sign here. Maybe they like him too much. So maybe that wards off some of those guys. That said, though, the restricted tender is only guaranteed. I mean, isn't guaranteed. So I could cut him tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Unless he or, signs it. No, even if he signs it. Oh, he, really? Yeah. It does, it's not official until um, the I believe week one. Oh wow! If I, oh, so if they can cut him up to week one, pretty much. Yeah, because there there was Ryan Davis in Jacksonville who got that contract and then never saw a penny of it because he was cut out of training camp. Look. I think they think the world of Nate Sudfeld, but they've got to hedge their bets. The quarterback, the backup quarterback position has become a premium position in Philadelphia. It's abundantly clear. Carson Wentz is Carson off. Wentz getting paid. I mean, he... Not it, me, not Car- I meant Nick Foles, actually. Yeah, Sorry. yeah, yeah. Nick, I mean, you know, Nick Foles turned Carson Wentz will get paid. But I, I think if you're an outside free agent, you're looking at this like no-brainer. Doug Peterson's brilliant. Like, There's no Carson pressure Wentz on Carson Wentz gets me. hurt all the time. Yeah, it, it's one of those things where uh, Carson's... I think one of the most physically gifted quarterbacks the last 10 years. Can he stay healthy, though? And so if you're an agent and you're like, wow, I want to get my guy a decent payday and I think he could have an opportunity with very limited pressure. Hey, Philadelphia, what's going on? Because they will pay for that position. They've paid more for that position than they've paid for the linebacker position. Starters, you know what I mean. So it's somewhere they're going to try to invest, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if they drafted a quarterback if they don't end up getting the veteran that they want. Yeah, I mean, it's, if Nate Sutfeld's your number two, and you know, eventually he they trade him for a pick or something, you need you want to have that developmental guy in the building already, even if it's a practice squad. And what I will tell you is, is there were other teams that were closely monitoring the Nate Sutfeld yeah. uh, tender thing including his his original team, the Washington Redskins. Yeah. Once they saw that second-round tender, I think they kind of realized, you yeah, know, that was... Let's get Case Keenum instead, is what Yeah, pretty much, yeah. I mean, <laughs> that, that was actually kind of the gist that was uh, brought up to me. So, again, Nate Sudfeld's a guy with a bright future. I'm sure the Eagles are hoping they can A.J. Feely him at some point. Hey, hey for- Teddy Bridgewater's turned down the Dolphins, so who knows? <laughs> yeah, that's the thing to me. I, I brought this up, and I wrote this the other day. What if Nate Sudfeld's like the good alternative to draft? If you don't love this quarterback class and you're trying to tank, maybe send, maybe you talk to the Eagles. Look, we're not going to send you a second round pick, but we'll give you a third and 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 a seventh for him. And if he signs an extension midway through this year, you get a seventh next year for him. Like to me, if I'm if I'm Howie Roseman, I'm calling around. Look, we put the second round tender on, and we really want a third or fourth round pick. Dolphins, what do you think? He's cheap. Uh, you can still he doesn't prohibit you from drafting a quarterback high. Have this guy compete, come in, he's really talented. Yeah. All right. You know, we're we don't stuff happens every 10 minutes in free agency so we don't want to talk too much about the future at the risk of uh, saying something and then it changes so we'll end on that note Uh, we'll we'll have another podcast later this week just talking about whatever else the Eagles do because you know Howie Roseman has something else up his sleeve whenever he's silent for too long there's something else coming I know you're you're holding Namdi silence bit yeah (laughs) Namdi silence baby but you know what's weird is it's like I feel like every time we're on this podcast it's like talking to somebody while they're on the phone in the car and you're like oh please the last thing I ever want to hear is like somebody get into a crash you know what I mean (laughs) like oh my god so the last thing we want to see is like a massive breaking news story where it's like oh my god Um, (laughs) where it's like oh my god we'd like to prepare you know what I mean (laughs) I know it sounds like we don't prepare but we do somewhat somewhat yeah all right actually before we go uh, there was a few comments on our last uh on last podcast and I said I would 
I would read some of them. I thought I had it pulled up, so yeah, I'm just stalling. Like I said, we prepare. <laughs> While he's doing that, um, it's something classic I wanted to talk Zach. to you guys about. That's what they call classic. And, Zach and hopefully, in my hopefully this. Hopefully, he's not traded or or released while we're talking about this. But I, this morning, I proposed to trade uh, the Eagles trade a fourth one of their fourth round picks uh, for Darren Lee of the Jets. Now, the Jets just paid C.J. Mosley a boatload of money. Um, to be their inside linebacker. They have Avery Williamson, too, there, who I think they like. Um, so Darren Lee, former top 20 pick in 2016, could make sense for the for the Eagles from a middle linebacker perspective. He's one of the best coverage linebackers in the league as of last year, had three interceptions, can make plays, really good blitzer as well, very quick. He, he runs a 4.47 at six foot one and 232 pounds. I think he'd make a lot of sense, especially because he still has his fifth-year option available, um, which they could decide on by May. So essentially, and that's only guaranteed for injury. So essentially, what the Eagles can do is they could have a one-year audition with Lee, and if he balls out, they own his rights for that fifth year. They could try to work out an extension. Plus, he's on a rookie deal right now, so you know it's a first-round pick deal, but it's not that you know big of a hindrance. I think you want a guy at middle linebacker who has rare talent, and that's what Darren Lee has at the linebacker position because of his speed um, and his coverage ability. All right, let's get into some of these comments. Uh, this was coming off our podcast we did after the Combine. Uh, AJG said, what do you guys think of DJ Met- DK Metcalf from Ole Miss? Do you think the Eagles should target him, maybe even move up in the draft? No, we have other needs, but this could be a guy, the next Megatron, and him and Wentz for the next 10 years would be amazing. Uh I don't unless he fell to the Eagles. Even then, I'm not. I sure. think he's going top ten. I, I do too, especially because of how much of a freak he is. And I, no, I don't think you, you shouldn't trade up for a wide receiver. Yeah, I, I think it's bad business. Yeah. Uh, I think it's like drafting a running back top ten. Yeah. Um, and you, you proposed a Nelson Aguilar for Duke Johnson trade on there. King Ocean Blue said, I would not trade Nelson for Duke Johnson. I'm not sold on Duke at all, and I hope Nelson signs a contract that reduces his cap hit rather extension. Or a one-year deal. Uh, I'd like for Nelson to be back as well. I, yeah, I, think I mean, he's I, very good. Yeah, and it seems like he's likely coming back, though it's possible he still gets moved. Like, I mean, that's kind of a general statement. <laughs> Didn't really. <laughs> hey, count. maybe he'll go on, but hey, when you put it in print, sometimes that happens. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Duke Johnson, if he's available, he's a low-cost option. You can, if you can give up a, a fifth-round pick for him, that's that's pretty great. Um, need to keep Nelly. He's a good player. He runs great routes. This is. XX Furious Knight 6161 gets open and can catch. Not to mention he's got good speed. I think he's a better fit in here in the slot than Tate was. You have to throw him the ball. He can't do anything if he doesn't get chances. Uh, I actually think he might get even less touches this upcoming season, honestly. Um, for a guy going into free agency, that's not ideal for him, but he's a good weapon for them. The fact is, Sean Jackson becomes their, their deep threat now. He was kind of their deep guy last year. They're going to use Dallas Goddard more often. When they do those uh, 12 personnel, I don't imagine Aguilar would be on the field over Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, from Aguilar's perspective, I'd want to be traded now. Yeah. Especially on that one-year deal. Um, If you could get more money, awesome. But I I don't think it behooves him to stick around just because you see the way... I mean, this is developing into a 12 personnel offense. And at times, maybe even 13 personnel. So you're not really getting on the field that often. Um, Aguilar's probably the most well-rounded wide receiver, I would say, talent-wise. The issue is, is I don't think he does anything particularly great. 
you look at Alshon Jeffrey, he can win one-on-one. He's got perfect size. He, he uses his size well. Uh, Deshaun Jackson obviously has unrivaled burning ability. It, it, Aguilar's just a master of none, but a great all-around tool. And I think... Why are you calling him a tool? Yeah, I, I realize it when I said it. He's a great <laughs> all-around wide receiver. But, again, I think that it, for Nelson to stay here, he's got to... He has to get a full commitment from them from a playbook standpoint. You know what I mean? Like, there needs to be a plan here. The problem with the Golden Tate trade is there was no... It it doesn't seem like there was a plan. Yeah. All right. We'll we'll end on that note. Get back to free agency. or some other weird stuff will be happening. Uh, As always, thanks for listening, guys. Make sure you subscribe. We're on all the apps. And leave us a comment. Tell us what you think about this free agency class or what you think about our thoughts about the free agency class. I'm sure you all disagree. Uh, But, again, thanks for listening, guys, and uh, we'll, we'll talk to you soon.